Welcome to the Jock Market Power Hour for this week's PGA Championship. It's time, Joe. I can, I, another major. We're back at it again. Love it, man. It's like we're in the heart of the uh, season right now. It's like every month we get a new major to look forward to. I'm fired up. Uh, for the next hour or so, we are going to be walking you through the final moments of Jock Markets IPO. We get new and new people joining us every single week. And I imagine with the major championship, Joe, there's going to be even, even more newbies. So this is, this is stock market DFS. This is your opportunity to buy and sell shares of golfers right now. We're in the IPO phase, initial player offering. We're bidding on golfers, and at 9 o'clock Eastern or a few minutes before, uh, whoever has the the highest bid on those shares is going to be allocated those shares, Joe. And it's, it's, it's a wild and crazy time this final hour. Yeah, particularly the final five minutes, as we always see. Um, like you mentioned, the close can happen anywhere between like 8.57 and 9 o'clock, so make sure you get – all those bids in on the players you like. We'll talk through some guys that we like, some guys that we don't, and uh, give away some free money along the way. That's right. If you want to win some free money along the way, the the way to enter yourself into the draw is to drop your Jock Market username in the chat. While you're doing that, you might as well hit the like button. It's it's right there. Just go ahead, click it. No no big deal. We won't stop you from doing that. And the other thing is, uh, more more money to be given away. A fifty dollar deposit bonus, major championship, major deposit bonus. Use the code Power fifty to get yourself that fifty dollar deposit bonus on Jock Market. And Joe, if that wasn't good enough news. The boys over at Jock Market got a little infusion of cash this week. How about that? You love to see it, don't you? <laughs> $10 million they were able to raise in a funding. So we are going to see new improvements. I actually talked to them today. Um, we have things that are on the way that are going to blow your mind, that are going to take this thing to the next level. Um, they are working, I think they're in 35 of 50 states now in terms of um, fully able to play. So we're getting more of those come along as well. So uh, to the moon, baby. You know, it's always good to see something like this. You, you, you get money from, from VCs and it's just, it's just a gamble, right? It's a gamble that these guys are doing the right thing. Something we've been talking about for a long time where they've been making constant improvements. Now you get this infusion of cash and you imagine many, many, many more great things to come. They have more than just the golf. We're biased. We, we, we like the golf, but more than just golf, plenty of other sports. And uh, it sounds like, uh, you know, from the, the cryptic things I read in the, some of these articles, much more cool stuff on the way absolutely yeah can't wait to see what they uh can roll out next to make this even better but as it stands right now a ton of fun right this next 45 minutes is like no other app or fantasy game or betting site that you will see um, players are moving up and down the board constantly and you know i think i tweeted out earlier with as hectic and volatile as the markets are today all <laughs> over um, this is a safe place to put your money, right? We can feel good about it. You can make your own decisions and you, my friends are in control tonight. I woke up and checked the crypto markets and I 
rubbed my eyes. I said, that can't be right. Let me check again. Oh, oh boy. Okay. Yeah, that, that is right. Uh, I think we're going to have better luck here in the jock market this evening. And Jeff has checked in and he says he's getting more comfortable with the mechanics each week. That's awesome. It's good to hear. It is certainly something that, uh, you know, it, it took me a few weeks to kind of figure out and it's just like, oh, okay, it's just a, a different side of the brain. And, and, and while we're talking about some of these mechanics, you know, here are the results from, from last week's AT&T Byron Nelson here, Joe, and, and K.H. Lee, who this time last week, K.H. Lee, sold for $3.37 a share because he won. He closed out and he got the full $25 payout. And this is where I cue someone from the peanut gallery saying, well, Rick, if I bet him 100 to 1, I would have made a lot more than that, which is true. But on K.H. Lee, you would have got paid, Joe, what, on any place above like 42nd that he you would have made money on him? Anywhere from 42nd to 1st, you would have made money on KH Lee. Hey, I've got a perfect example for you. If you <laughs> noticed the leaderboard last week, your boy was up there. And why? Oh. 28 big-time shares of Sammy Burns that paid out absolutely nothing in the outright market, um, but paid me out like over almost uh, 600 bucks. So that was incredible. Um, thank you, Sam Burns. He is now firmly a part of the brand after a couple of wins, after I win recently and doing well this week, uh, he stockpiled me with a little extra cash to dump back into the market this week. So yeah, we saw Daniel Berger storm. We saw Patton Kazire. We've seen a lot of, and you know, I'm going to start to crunch a little bit more data to see where we're kind of seeing the biggest bump. But, um, you know, like Jeff mentioned, I think each and every week, I'm getting better. I feel like I'm understanding this more. I feel like I'm developing and honing in a little bit more on a strategy, and I hope you guys are as well. That's awesome. Uh, Patrick checks in and he says, how often are you trading players in week? I made some bids last week and they just kind of sat there thinking of doing the IPO and just being done with it, which I think is an interesting strategy. And I think that's where a, a lot of the value is, Joe. And as we see the markets get more liquid, um, you know, there is an opportunity to buy and sell more often during the event. I find it more natural to check after round one, after round two, and after round three. I know some people are in there constantly throughout the round, what watching birdies be made, watching bogeys be made. Uh, so, so I say, you know, to each their own. Yeah, absolutely. Same thing, to each your own. Whatever you're comfortable with, I end up oftentimes, Patrick, kind of um, riding it out a little bit. I know I had the opportunity. There were some really high bids on Burns last week. Look, I, I bought him for a reason. I'm a little bit of a gambler by nature. I'm going to ride it out to the end. And that's kind of what I chose to do. But I do like to add some players, uh, particularly on Friday around the cut. I know that I got some really cheap shares of, of who was it, like Hank Lebiota last week, um, right when he was kind of hovering around the cut line, made a little run, and then I think finished like 12th. So um, these are the type of opportunities that are out there. Now, is everyone going to pan out like that? Of course not. But uh, there are opportunities that do exist throughout the tournament. It's just a matter of being in the right place at the right time. And finally, before we turn our attention to this week's major championship, Nick asks, are you more likely to bid on the same golfers you've bet on or different guys entirely? Are you a fan of the life hedge there, Joe? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Um, I think that more likely, so my my guys that I'm targeting typically are the same guys that I want to bet on or I'm playing in DraftKings or I'm trying to, you know, because I feel good about their chances to win. Now, with Jock Market, it's interesting because value uh, changes based on the price, right? Uh, so I can see, like, if I'm targeting someone like Spieth tonight, 
yeah, I think Spieth is going to do well. Yes, I have an outright ticket on him, but there's a price where he's no longer of the same value to me, particularly if I can go down a couple of dollars cheaper and find someone that I think has a pretty good chance of doing well also. So to answer your question, it kind of depends. I start out targeting those guys, and those are sort of who I have favorited on my list. But you know, you know as well as I do, Nick, the last five minutes, it's all about finding someone at a good price. And, and what I think is most interesting is um, there are a lot of guys that I have a more positive sentiment on than the industry does, but these the traditional bets uh, might not give me enough options. You know, if, if, if there's a guy who, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of who a good, you know, uh, I'll use Dean Burmeester, for example. I like Dean Burmeester. I think he, I'm very high on him this week, a South African coming over from the European tour, but me being high on him means like, I think he can finish inside the top 50. Like, I don't, I'm not yeah. trying to ask him to win the tournament or top 10 or top 20 or anything like that. And Jock Market is my opportunity to say, I'm a little bit more bullish on this guy. Let me get some shares. Or, you know, uh, I'm 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 going to stay away from certain golfers. I really think that this is a, a way to just say, you know, take your smaller edges of, of positive sentiment and, and move on. That's the way that I treat it. Love it. Love it. Let's turn our attention to the ocean course at Kiowa Island. And Joe, this is, uh, we were chatting before, before we went hot there. I mean, I, I don't know what to expect, right? I mean, I think this course is going to be beautiful. I think it's going to be uh, looking awesome on television. I think it's going to be challenging. I think the wind is going to play a significant factor and you're going to see golfers need to lean on their complete game if they want to find success. Yeah, same with you, man. I don't really know. Like, there's kind of a bit of an unknown here. Like, longest course in major championship history. It's stolen all the headlines this week. Um, Maybe a little bit of a lazy narrative. And what I mean by that is um, they're going to set it up to play however they want it to play. So is it going to play 7,800 yards? Probably not because the wind is going to determine that. So do you isolate, you know, approach players at that point and guys that, um, you know, are in full control of their ball right now? So those are the type of the guys you look to isolate. Could short game be a huge factor this week? I think so. If you're coming into a lot of these greens with long irons, you're going to be able to have to get up and down. When I watched Rory uh, watch back the event in 2012, he got up and down from everywhere. And I think he said it's the best he's ever had his short game in his career. So that's why we saw him win by eight. I think that's going to play a huge factor as well this week. A lot of different lanes and avenues to take uh, in order to land a winner this week. We're just going to have to see how it shakes out. All right, let's start spending some of that $10 million bucks. We're giving away jock bucks here right now. I'm ready to start giving it away. And the first $20 is going to go to Robbie. Robbie, 15, congratulations. We'll get you set up with $20 in jock bucks. If you also want to win jock bucks, leave your jock market username in the chat. Ask any questions raise some concerns, say some comments. This is an open forum. This is supposed to be interactive, but I think it's, I think it's time, Joe. I think it is time for me to give the big board a refresh here to see what the current state of the jock market is. And before I do that, um, what are you expecting tonight? Are you expecting a, a fast start last week? We saw a lot of high prices when I flipped this over for the first time, or do you think most people are going to wait towards the end? We did. Last week, we saw a ton of high prices. We saw, um, I believe, we saw guys clear $12. We had a lot of guys over 10 I'm honestly expecting a little bit more of a balance in terms of, I don't know that anyone's necessarily going to clear 10 bucks this week. I think that just the depth of the field 
particularly at the top, is going to kind of spread some of those dollars around versus having a prohibitive favorite. It seems like we could, like you could take your pick of like six guys really could be the favorite this week, depending on, um, you know, the avenue that you want to take. So I think we're going to see it a little bit more spread around at the top. And given the depth of the field, I think it's going to carry out through the rest of the lineups. To the surprise of absolutely no one, Jordan Spieth is the most expensive golfer in the jock market at the moment. He is $9.09. And if you're asking yourself, what in the world does that mean? Uh, It means that he needs to finish about 14th or better to pay for himself and to return you a profit. 14th would be $9 a share. 13th would be $9.50 a share. So obviously you can see my final payouts here on the right-hand side for that table. Uh, Joe, uh, I, I would have bet a million dollars. I would bet all 10 million in that jock market just got that Jordan Spieth, when I flipped that, was going to be the most expensive golfer. I know. And you know what? I wonder if I think Rory might give him a little bit of run, but we'll have to wait and see. Look, he's the most expensive for a reason. I bet him this week. I think that it's, as weird as it is to say, he's been the most consistent player at the top of the board. And, and six months ago, if you would have told me I would have said that, I would have said I need my head examined. But across the board, off the tee, approach, scrambling, putting, he's putting it all together right now. And, and what is even more, we, you know, we know the narrative that he needs this to sort of compete the career grand slam. And some people may give him a little bit of a knock this week in terms of driving distance. They'll look at the total yardage. They'll say, I want bombers. Well, listen, Spieth performs very well on these long tracks. Whistling straights was ridiculously long back a while ago. He finished second in that event. The PGA Championship at Bethpage, I think, may have been uh, the longest in terms of yardage before we got to this event. He finished third, coming in with basically shit form. Um, Out of nowhere, finished third there. He won at Chambers Bay, which was extremely long. So he plays long golf courses that are very tough very well so i expect him to be very popular this week uh he's the number one price guy for a reason in my opinion absolutely i um i share all of those sentiments i think that he has been by far the best player this year and uh this should be a good he's creative he's really creative and i think a course like this uh i think benefits the artist a little bit right behind jordan speed three names at seven dollars a couple of young guns victor hovland seven dollars and four cents colin morikawa our reigning pga champion seven dollars and rory mcelroy that name also at seven dollars i imagine we are going to catch a ton of steam on hovland we're going to catch a ton of steam on mcelroy we'll see what morikawa does but joe i mean we're going back to the scene of the crime here eight shot victory in 2012 for rory a, a sunday 66 where you mentioned he called it the best uh, short game round of his career or week of his career and now he's fresh off his win at Quail Hollow. He's right there and I just feel like his popularity this week in terms of coming back off of a victory, in terms of coming back to a place he won may inflate his value a little bit beyond kind of what I'm willing to pay, honest with you. Um, I, he hits it so high and he's been a little bit loose with the driver. Even at Quail, we saw it a little bit loose with the driver. And I feel like those two things are a recipe that, that doesn't lead to a ton of success in Kiowa unless you have the best short game you know, week of your career. Can he do it again? Of course. It's Rory McIlroy. He's one of the best pure uh, golfers that we see on the planet. I just kind of am looking, I think, in some other directions, but it's all going to depend on the price. I feel like he's going to come really close to speed and definitely finish in the top three. 
The king of past Palum is Victor Hovland. Both of his wins coming on that surface. We start going down a little bit here. Daniel Berger, Cam Smith in the mid sixes, and Shoffley, Tony Finau in the fives. And if you like short game specialists, uh, Patrick Reed is $5 even. So at $5, he would need to finish 34th or better. And then John Rahm is here as well. And I feel like John Rahm everybody you ask says something different about Rom. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with what he's been doing. You know, nine, I think it's nine top tens and 13 starts, something like that. Uh, oh, he hasn't won enough. Oh, the putter has been a little bit loose. I don't know about what he's been doing since he switched to Callaway. There's just like, there seems to be a lot of different opinions about this guy. Yeah. It, it feels like there's never, or at least recently been this many unknowns about Rom. He was always such a consistent and steady force and you knew exactly what you were going to get from him almost every week, which was basically a top 10. I don't know that we've, I feel that way right now. I feel like there's parts of his game that uh, it's just not all clicking. Now he's hit the level of talent and the caliber of player that he is that can happen at the drop of a hat and he can flip the switch certainly, but he would be the guy sort of in that top six that I think I would have the most concerns about this week. Is Justin Thomas, uh, who is currently at $4.55 in the jock market, the most overlooked stud this week? I mean, he's our, he's our player's champion. He just won one of our largest events. Um, we want to talk about Roy. We want to talk about Spieth. We want to talk about DJ. We want to talk about uh, jo- uh, John Rahm. And, and Justin Thomas, I feel like I've spent very little oxygen on this week. You know, I think so as well. I think that's a great point. Um, it just doesn't seem like he. there's nothing to talk about really with JT besides maybe the putting. And I think some of that is negated this week with the pass power, maybe a little bit of slower greens. There's not much undulation to him. It's kind of aim and fire. The big thing is getting there in two, right? You put it on the surface of the green this week and hit your greens and regulations. You are going to be in great shape. Obviously, ex-PGA champion. I think similar can be kind of said about the defending champion in this event who, who you know, in some aspects feels kind of like discount Justin Thomas, and that's Colin Morikawa. They're both phenomenal ball strikers, and that's what wins on the PGA Tour. That's what we see consistently. Uh, Morikawa's number one. JT's number two. You know, they, they just – strike the ball so damn well you can never rule them out if either of them have a decent level putting week with the field or gain a couple strokes they're certainly going to be right there in contention continuing down the list i'm looking for big names i see bryson d chambeau at three dollars and five cents i can't imagine he's going to stay anywhere close to that number joe but there is uh seemingly a lot of concern for bryson this week is his game leading in has been sporadic uh there were some little birdies out on the course the last couple of days keeping a good a close eye on bryson and not necessarily positive in their in their remarks about how his form is in some of these practice rounds um how are you assessing his game and how he might be fitting for the ocean course this week so it's two things right Obviously, the distance is always going to be an advantage at an extremely long golf course. It's huge for him. But what I think is a disadvantage is the unknown that comes with playing on the ocean in terms of the wind, right? You can get 10-mile-an-hour gusts that change to a 25. You can get it switching from left to right. And I feel like this stuff bothers a guy like Bryson more than some. Some guys are just going to say this is part of it. But to someone who's so exact with every piece of the golf swing in terms of I, I feel like when he takes a swing, he can kind of calculate, okay, I hit that 118 ball speed with 6,000 RPM. This is exactly how far it's going to go. That's not happening this week. And I feel like that could really screw with him. 
I also don't think that he's the most creative player in terms of getting himself out of bad situations. And I feel like this course really lends itself that into sort of short game specialist. But of course, you know, he, he's so long and he's one sort of on uh, difficult long courses if you go back to wing foot before. So same thing. So good that he can win. But for me, I'm probably going to be, you know, I saw his little three minute interview and I think he used the word diabolical like five hmm. times. So it doesn't sound like he's exactly thrilled about uh, this week either. Go ahead and drop your jock market username in the chat. That'll get you entered into a draw for 20 jock bucks. Absolutely free. The thing about Bryson that I find interesting is uh, the, the, the natural areas is what they're called. These, these kind of, they're not bunkers. They're just these sandy, hard pan, weird little areas. If you miss the fairway and think about a, a normal course, if you miss the fairway, the rough stops the ball right? That that's, that's mm-hmm. what it does. It stops the ball. It, it only runs a couple of yards. Um, here it's going to run forever. It, it's, it's not going to stop. If you're missing the fairway, you're hitting it as hard as Bryson does. It can get you into some really tricky situations. I'm concerned. So we'll have to see about Bryson, but, um, man, I'm, I'm worried about him. Given this a refresh, we haven't seen much movement here. Although we did see Xander Shoffley pop his name no- towards the top of the jock market, Joe. He's $7.53 at the moment. He's second to Jordan Spieth. He's a guy that we know just contended at the Masters. He just played well enough at the Wells Fargo Championship to earn himself a top 15 finish. How are we assessing Xander's chances this week? See, I always think that people aren't going to play Xander or he may not be popular or people aren't going to bet him and people always do right and he's always has this level that I just can't really forecast like I have here wrote in my notes I have him as the eighth ranked player in the field I wrote unsure about his popularity this week top five and four of his last eight events including the Masters which is kind of a ridiculous run but um, where is he going to come in if he's second on this board as we narrow down toward the end of IPO no, I don't think that's a buy for me. Um, it just all depends on. I just feel like his value is is typically overinflated from the results. All right, I'm going to try to keep a close eye on this board. We are seeing a little bit of movement here. So um, John Rahm is moving up. He's now seven dollars. Justin Thomas, he's moving up. He's now seven dollars. If you're placing bids right now, Joe, and we talked, we've talked about this before, but I know there's a lot of new people here. And and as we get to about 20 minutes out from this IPO closing, you know, you can go right now and place your max bid. And that's not going to move the price to your maximum bid. Jock market is going to increase the current price by only one cent when necessary. So this is a strategy that you might want to you might want to employ Joe especially if this is one of your first few times in the market. Absolutely. So there's a couple of different strategies I think to employ when you're looking at guys. One you can do exactly what you just said. Place your max bid, hold it out, wait. If he clears that, you don't get him. If he stays under it, you do get him and you know that you're and you know that you're going to get him at a price that you want. Two, and a strategy that I like to use is buy like one share so you get him in your holdings and then you can monitor that price and spend it all down the stretch. Now, the risk factor there is if we get an early close like last week, you can kind of get stuck with not what you wanted. And you could have said, man, I would have totally paid $8.50 for that guy. He closed at $7.50, but I didn't get it in on time. I just missed it. Um, So that's the risk in sort of employing that. And third is to just use the new favoriting tabs that they have, right? 
Pick your four, five, six, seven guys. Favorite them all. Monitor the prices. Don't place any bids right now. Wait and see them and monitor them as they continue to go up throughout the rest of the night. And then fire away when you see a good spot. As we start to look down under the $5 mark, there are some names that I think are going to be pretty popular. Keegan Bradley, $4.90. Sam Burns, $4.68. Will Zaltoris, $4.10. Hideki still hanging tight at $4. I am... um, I'm a buy, I'm a buyer on Hideki, so I'm going to keep a close eye on that price. Oh yeah, oh yeah, big time. I, I'm going to keep an eye on that price uh, over the course of the next 20 minutes or so. Tommy Fleetwood's here. So Joe, when you start looking at this sub five dollar range, who are you buying one share of? Who are you adding to your leaderboard tab just so that you can make sure that you don't miss out on them? There's a couple of guys you mentioned. Tommy Fleetwood. I do have I do have a lot of interest in Tommy this week. Um, he seems to look, man, when these things, when a course plays its absolute toughest, <laughs> Tommy has a way of just like firing off a low round when nobody else can in crazy conditions. And I go back to us opens. I go back to Shinnecock Hills when he almost set the us open record and nobody was even breaking par that day. Yeah. Um, it's, it's with Tommy and his strength and where his game has always lied is the irons. Um, I've seen it kind of flip for him. So seven of his last eight events in 2020, he lost strokes on approach seven out of eight for one of the better iron players on tour, seven of the eight events in 2021 he's gained. So he's figured something out with the irons. I think that it, the, the harder that this plays, the more that the wind kicks up, it kind of plays into a guy like Fleetwood's hands. Interesting. And and that kind of leads me to the next natural question about the European players, right? I mean, we, we were talking before we went hot that even like a 12 mile an hour wind at uh, the ocean course, it, it feels harder than that. Everything is very exposed around here. I was, I was telling you, we've been getting videos from the course and it's like, oh, this is, uh, you know, I got, I got a video from someone out there and it said, um, this is a light breeze. This is a light breeze we've had all day, and the and the flagstick was was doing one of these, giving itself a little a little bend. So um, I I would be a little bit. Uh, I don't know if I should be kind of giving the Euros, who I think we just kind of throw a blanket statement on that they're better wind wind players. Uh, should we be giving them kind of just a little bit of a boost based on these conditions? I think it's fair. Uh, definitely. I've given them a little bit of a boost. Guys like Fleetwood, guys like Fitzpatrick, guys like Hatton, guys like Wallace. Um, these guys are more familiar with this type of a golf course. This isn't a, a spot that we see much of on the PGA Tour. Right on the ocean, you could argue that it's kind of link style. Um, you have to really sort of play with these adjusting winds. And I think that they're just more familiar with it. Are they better suited in the wind? I don't know. They're, they're, you know, they're playing the same clubs. They're playing the same balls. The other ones. I just think that they're more used to it, and that could be a factor. You know, we, you, and there's some precedent there. You go back to 2012 and beyond. Rory, you had Carl Peterson, you had Ian Poulter, you had Anthony Lynn, or, or whatever his name was. Um, <laughs> guys, really, that you, you wouldn't consider bombers, or you wouldn't consider guys that even then playing a 7,600 yard course would be in contention, but they found a way up there. Let's give away some money uh, and let's give it to Jeff A or actually maybe it's Jeffa, Jeffa 9311. Congratulations. We'll get you set up with your $20 in your Jock Market account. And if you also would like to win, go ahead and drop your Jock Market username in the chat right now. Uh, If you already have, do it again. 
make it make it a little bit easier for me uh, to to earn yourself an opportunity to win twenty jock bucks. Let's continue to go back to the big board here, Joe. And I'm starting to go down into these penny stocks a little bit. Uh, sub three dollar range. Paul Casey right at three. Uh, familiar name Scotty Scheffler, Joel Damon right there as well. And uh, remember, this is a huge field, so there are going to be a lot of these guys. I think this is where the vast majority of the value might be coming from this evening. Yeah. And, and we usually see that, right? You know, it's a huge field this week. Um, actually more guys, I believe it's the top 70 in ties make the cut this week. So an extra couple guys than normal uh, PGA tour event stops. So, you know, you can kind of cross those PGA tour pros and the X champions off down at the list, but there should be some spots to isolate uh, some guys that can finish in the top 20, particularly down in that two, $3 range. I'm trying to look at some of these names here that might be interesting. Lee Westwood, $2.64. Bubba Watson, I'm a buyer, $2.50. Let's go a little bit further, see what's going on. I like Bubba, yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go. Max Homa, 223. Sergio, Billy, what's happening, Joe? I mean, we should be, uh, <laughs> I think these guys need a little more love. No doubt, yeah. Max Homa's right there. Like you mentioned, Sergio, Billy Horschel's coming in playing pretty well. Um, there's a lot of guys down here. And even if you look at, you know, I was looking at randomly, I'm, I'm looking at Martin Keimer today, right? Like guys who play on the European tour and, and Keimer actually uh, is like top 10 in approach over there on the European tour. So he's gaining like almost a stroke around, which would pretty much lead the PGA tour if you're getting a stroke around on approach. And he's mentioned this is, could be a good spot for him. You look at the places where he's won, right? PGA Championship, Whistling Straits, Pete Dye course. He's won the players, Pete Dye course. He won Pinehurst number two when it was a U.S. Open and played as hard as you know any U.S. Open in history. He won that event. So I think that the conditions can kind of bring. You got to look at guys who are suited to play in you know minus two to minus eight type scores, and those are the type of guys you can find in this two dollar range. Back to the top of the big board. Jordan Spieth holds as the most expensive golfer. He's $9.11. Xander Shoffley now into the $8 mark. Colin Morikawa still at 7.5. And then Cam Smith, big movement here. Cam Smith now $7.51. Joe, he's a guy that has proven to us uh, a lot recently that it doesn't matter what the field is. It doesn't matter what the course is. He can find himself on the first page of the leaderboard. And this doesn't even really include the victory that he shared with Mark Leishman at the Zurich. Yeah, and you know what? I would probably see Cam Smith has kind of already cleared the target price that I had for him. To be honest, I didn't see him going that high on the board. I'm looking at Leishman down there at five dollars. Who you know, you mentioned Cam Smith. Mm. They won the Zurich together. Leishman played pretty well last week at the Byron Nelson. He also top five at the Masters. Um, he's had a good history at the Players and some other Pete Dye type tracks. So. Yeah, I feel like this could be a good spot for for these Australian players who we know love a little bit of wind. Trying to see if there's any, been any other movement. Bryson is on the way up. He's now at $7. Patrick Reed on the way up. Here's a name. And uh, you want to talk about question marks? Let's talk about question marks. Dustin Johnson, $5.80. At that price, $5.80, he would have to finish 29th or better. That is seemingly an easy task for the number one player in the world, but DJ's game has been a little, a little, little weak lately. There's no doubt, but <laughs> I'm not concerned, man. I've, I'm a buyer in DJ this week. Um, they're going to drift him up on the odds board. If he's going to stay around this price, I would firmly be a buyer. I'm not worried about the withdrawal. I'm not worried about some of the 
the struggles in the game. I think that if he plays well, um, he's as suited as anybody to be one of the favorites to win this week. I certainly don't disagree with that. And I was, I was mentioning earlier, we've had, um, you know, some little birdies out the course watching some of these guys and giving their input. And uh, the consensus is uh, all looks good in DJ's world. Uh, Swing looks good. Knee looks good, solid, all that good stuff. Uh, the guys that we've heard some concerns about were Bryson. Heard he was kind of spraying it all over the place. Heard John Rom was spraying it a little bit. But you never know what these guys are up to in practice rounds. I would, sure. I wouldn't, I would not read too much into that. Right? I'm not going to try to convince myself about, uh, you know, what what's going on here with with these these Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday rounds. Yeah, I think like you mentioned, they could be working on something. But for a guy like DJ, it is nice and and comforting to hear that um, at least he's swinging well and at least he looks pain-free, right? He's not out there hobbling around. And so you can kind of cross that concern off your board. It's really going to boil down to does he putt well? Um, And that's been where he's struggled recently. I think coming to a place, you know, obviously the South Carolina, the, the hometown major narratives should feel comfortable here, right? Should be relatively used to you know, not the quickest of greens. I think that he really struggled with the green speeds at Augusta National in the April edition versus the November edition when they were much slower. So I think slowing the pace down a little bit can allow him to attack a little bit more on the greens, which is right in his element. Trying to see what else we've got going on here, man. We have not talked about, uh, but we like to talk about, and you and I uh, like to like to potentially wager on is Brooks Kepka. And what we saw with Byron Nelson was disappointing. It was ugly. He's got the uh, the goatee rocking over there on the ocean course. I mean, he's he's swagging around. Uh, I I don't know if the game is in shape, but he at least is feeling good about himself. At 525, look, I'm buying, man. 50 to 1, I'm buying. Uh, I don't care. I, you, I, I'm a Brooks guy to begin with, but I just feel like that this place is in his wheelhouse. And it was only three months ago that he won. Now, is there question marks around the knee? Of course there is. And they are valid. But there's a reason that he's $5.25 right now. There's a reason that he's 50 to 1 in the markets. And that's because of that injury. So you have to be willing to take on that risk. I think that the first nine holes that Brooks plays are going to be more important than the first nine holes for anybody else. If he can get himself off to a good start, minus two on the front nine or something like that, and just get the adrenaline sort of pumping and feel the the magnitude of a major championship, and I'm Brooks Kepka and I'm here, and I'm healthy enough to play, and I'm playing well, it's on, right? If he sort of struggles and treads water – then you start to see him limping a little bit more. You know, it's natural when, when he's, and he feels beaten up by the course, the knee, the long walk. I think it's going to be a very important opening six to nine holes for Brooks. I hope he gets off to a good start. All right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give away $20 more in Jock Bucks. That right there is going to Angler365. Congratulations, Michael. We'll get you all set up. I've got two more to give away. I'll give out one after IPO closes after 9 o'clock or around 9 o'clock Eastern time, and then I'll give one out at the end of the show. So make sure that your Jock Market username is in the chat and you've hit the like button for this video. But, Joe, we are probably seven, eight minutes away from this IPO phase closing. And these bids are going to, they're going to execute themselves into shares. So describe to the people uh, what to expect over the course of the next seven or eight minutes. Yeah. So it gets wild. Like you're going to be looking at your screen and you're going to see prices drastically jump. You're going to see yourself constantly losing holdings. You're going to be getting notifications out the wazoo. 
Um, but that's the way it is, right? You just got to stay on top of it. You got to have them quick, rapid little fingers going. You got to be able to think on your feet and understand that um, isolating value in terms of where you see a player can come and go very quickly. So make sure to get those bids in in time and it can close anytime within a two minute span. So don't get caught holding the bag. That's right. And last week was an early close. Yeah. It was like, right. I felt like right after 857, something like that, it was closed and, and everyone was like, whoops, uh, forgot to get my bids in. So don't, don't be left on that side of it, uh, for this week. And I, I've just, I've just refreshed it, Joe. And I don't know. I think, um, I'm very interested to see how this shakes out. Jordan Spieth hasn't moved. We don't have a single golfer over $10 yet. In fact, we only have one golfer over $9. So I think you're right. There's probably going to be a lot of guys just spread out, which in theory should be somewhat valuable. I don't know. I don't know what to expect out of the next next couple of minutes here. Yeah, it's just picking the right one, right? Like the PGA is typically the hardest major, at least on this side of the pond, to kind of peg because it seems like there's so many more guys in play. Like the Masters, you, it's a much smaller field. You can kind of whittle your playing pool down a little bit more. It's very much dependent on course history and stuff like that. Um, the U.S. Open is typically so difficult that you can kind of cross off the whole bottom half of the board and you know the attributes that you're going to have to have. You're going to have to hit it far. You're going to have to hit it straight. You're going to have to be one of the top players in the world. I feel like this event tends to bring more people in play than we typically see, and that's why we're seeing a lot of the, the spectrum of pricing sort of balanced out at the top. I think that's fair. Um, I'm just kind of looking through to see if there's anything of note. Have we talked about Patrick Reed yet? $6.19. He would have to finish approximately 26th or better. I'm, uh, I, I'm growing on Reed. The more we get into this, the more we see the conditions, the more difficult we see this course potentially playing. We know Reed has no problem in those types of uh, conditions and, and tough places, and a short game is second to none. Absolutely. Like you said, short game, second to none. The ability to make putts, second to none. The ability to close tournaments is also right there for Reed. And we've seen him, you know, he doesn't hit it very far, but we've seen him compete and do very well on big time ballparks. Just did it at Tory. Um, he's got something that you can't necessarily quantify. So <laughs> if you're looking at your stat models, he's not going to pop in any particular character, you know, particular category, but he's just good, right? And he just has the ability to grind out pars, and I think that that's going to be huge here. I think someone mentioned to him, you know, I think I saw an interview with him, and he was like, the wind is tough, and they were like, what do you think about, like, the when the wind kicks up like this? And he kind of had a sheepish smile, and he was like, I'm from Texas, you know what I mean? I mean he's <laughs> used to the wind. He like, He's welcoming the conditions, and he's a guy that I think will embrace it and play well. All right, so here's what we normally do around this time. Uh, we usually bid a due to Joe. We let him go and grind on the jock market while I bring you down the home stretch like a horse race here because we're probably about four or five minutes away from this thing closing. But before we let you go, Joe, I got to put you on the spot. Who will end up being the most expensive golfer in this week's jock market? I think here's a little bit of a take. I think that Spieth is going to stay right there and not move. And I think that Rory is going to pass him and end up right around 975. I, I'm guessing is Rory. Spieth will finish second. And we're going to see a late run. We've got to see a late run on D Dustin Johnson here. So I think that he's going to go hard and fast here at the end.
All right, Joe, good luck. We will see you in just a few minutes. Joe will let us know when this jock market closes, which is probably in the next three or four minutes. So make sure to get your bids in now because those uh, those bids are going to turn into shares. And as of right now, Jordan Spieth does remain atop the jock market with Xander Shoffley at $8. Rory McIlroy is closing the gap. He's at $7.99. He's one of the bigger movers that we've seen since we've come on air. So at $7.99, he basically needs to come inside the top 18 to return you money. We've seen a steady rise from Justin Thomas at $7.75, while Colin Morikawa has hung around $7.50 for the majority of the show. Here's the name that we're keeping a close eye on. It's Dustin Johnson. It's the world's number one. All reports out of Kiowa. Sounds positive. Game looks sharp. No need to be concerned outside of his recent events. But Dustin Johnson, only $7.30. If you're a buyer at that price, you're essentially asking the number one player to finish inside the top 20 at the Ocean Course. Daniel Berger, Victor Hovland, Bryson DeChambeau, and John Rahm rounding out the golfers over $7. Rahm and DeChambeau both at an even $7. That is a bit surprising considering that John Rahm is usually the king of the jock market. We have seen him on countless times uh, be the most expensive golfer of the evening. Sentiment not quite there for him at the moment. A little bit further down the board, we get into the next tier of golfers. Patrick Reed, Tony Finau, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Abraham Answer. The guy that I'm keeping the closest eye on is Hideki Matsuyama. Had a horrible around the green week last week. One of his worst ever, but that was the only thing that was wrong. That's unlikely to happen again. I think Hideki is a big time contender at the Ocean Course this week. And I'm going to give this board probably one more refresh here because we are about to enter the window where the jock market can close at any time. There's that 90 second window, that two minute window starting around, uh, let's call it 857 where the jock market can close. And you could be there wondering if you got your bids in. We're probably in that phase right now or very close to it. Jordan Speed still atop the board at $9.20. But here's the movement from the studs. Justin, excuse me, Dustin Johnson, now $8.55. We knew he could not hang that low for that long. John Rahm back up over Rory McElroy at $8.05. Justin Thomas on the move. So now we've got six guys over the $8 mark with Victor Hovland, the fantasy sweetheart, hanging at $7.52. Very little movement over. Over the course of the last hour, we know sentiment is high on this guy, but it has not rolled in here in the jock market. And we are most certainly in that window where this IPO phase can close at any moment. Bryson, big beefy Bryson, still at a flat $7. Tony Finau trying to break through $6.10. Sam Burns, one of the hottest players on the planet, $5.50. And we've got names that are popular in other fantasy formats like Charlie Hoffman. He's down at $5. Keegan Bradley, $4.90. Bubba Watson, only four and a quarter. If you're looking for good drivers of the golf ball, Bubba Watson is available to you. And we are in it now. This is going to close at any moment. Uh, This is not an early close, which is good. If you're trying to get those bids in, make sure that you fire away. I'm going to give this one last refresh and see where we're at. Jordan Speed still atop the board, $9.20. Rory McIlroy trying to catch him. Are we done? We're We're done. All right. We're done. IPO has closed. I can see all the comments coming in in the ah, chat. All there's right, some so. value out there this week. I'm serious. I'm very excited about um, 
I'm going to wait until they, sorry to cut you off. I'm just fired up, Rick, but I'm very excited to see the orders go over into the holdings and see if I actually got these guys at these prices because um, I'm excited about it. All right. The IPO phase is closed. Um, We're going to give this just a second to make sure that all of our stuff is um, is is refreshed, and I have all the most accurate data and all that good stuff. But Joe, how many guys were you targeting there as we were coming down the home stretch? So I I ended up with all of them, I believe. I have nine guys this week, which is a lot Whoa. more than I usually have. <laughs> so what usually happens is I usually get outbid on like three or four of them and end up with five or seven. I didn't get outbid on anybody. So I think that I got everything that I wanted and I just hope that it's a good week for me because uh, I dumped it all right into the jack market. All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give away $20 right now. We're going to refresh the big board. We're going to hear Joe's holdings. So let me do that right now. So PJ Smith, Peter, congratulations. We'll get you set up with uh, $20 for the jock market. And I've got one more to give away. We will give it away before the end of the show. We've got about 15 minutes left. So make sure that your jock market username is in the chat. Uh, Joe, actually, before we do that, let me me give this a refresh because I want to make sure that I have... I just want to see who the most expensive golfers were, and then we're going to take a look at your holdings for this week here. All right, so here we go. Most expensive golfer, Jordan Spieth, as you predicted, did hold $9.20. Rory McIlroy, $8.88. JT and DJ both at $8.55. And John Rahm at $8.37. Xander Shoffley, $8.22. So five golfers, excuse me, six golfers over $8. Any surprises here, Joe? I'm surprised at it all. Like, look at those guys in the eight, <laughs> look at those guys in the eight dollar range. Like, dude, these guys. I mean, Rom. I don't think we've ever seen him below like ten, eleven bucks. I mean, you're just asking basically John Rom and Dustin Johnson and Justin Thomas and Xander Shoffley to like top twenty this week uh, in order to get your money. Yeah, basically they've got to like top eighteen. So all of those guys, I think, that are are great value, and you can't even argue with Spieth. Did he ended up? Uh, did he make nine twenty? 920. So, so it went so up nine, a couple of cents from the So early. 920 is 13th or better. The most expensive golfer you're asking to finish 13th or better. Everybody else essentially top 20s. I agree. There's a lot of value to be had this week. So Joe, let's let's focus on your holdings and then we'll bop back to the big board and we'll talk about uh, you know, who the better values of the week ended up being. But you said you've got nine guys. Nine guys. You got them all. Let's hear them. <laughs> all right. DJ, 855. Hideki. Right. I went with a Rick Run Good pick because you always run good. You don't run bad, so I had to. That's true. Six dollars <laughs> on Hideki. Brooks kept got five dollars and eighty-eight cents. He knew so that I was coming. Brooks to basically like top twenty-eight or something like that this week. All right. Um, well, if it, if it's if Brooks is true, if Brooks is right, like uh, he's already ruled out seventy percent of the field, so that should be no problem. <laughs> already, there's only twenty eight guys left if Brooks is right. <laughs> so if he finishes last in his mind, you yeah. you've won money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, moving down at five dollars and fifty cents, I did get some Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, $5, Matt Wallace and Charlie Hoffman. So those were kind of my intermediate guy. Charlie's striking it so well right now. And I don't think we talked about Matt Wallace either, who was top 20 in four of his last six. I think that he should be set up to play really well this week. And then a couple of the penny stocks, quote unquote, that I got this week were, I did get Martin Keimer at $1.97. So that's kind of my just random flyer of the week. Joel Damon and Harold Varner. I think both are are very good in tough conditions. You know, you remember Damon 
a couple of weeks ago when he got his win and that was on a coastal course and the wind was blowing so hard. You could barely keep your hat on your head. Um, and he played really well and won that event and Harold Varner, you know, he was in, he plays long, you know, he's, he's from this South Carolina area. I feel like he, he played really well a couple of weeks ago at the heritage here. Um, and, and I, you know, you going back to a long, difficult golf course like Beth Page, and he was in the final grouping with Brooks that week. He's won at the Australian Open, which is known for for really crazy wins over there. So those are kind of the penny guys that I just see with, I think, top 25, top 30 upside this week. I love that. I mean, it's uh, everything looks good on a Wednesday night, but this is a this is a murderer's row of uh, of a portfolio here. DJ Hideki, Brooks, Fleetwood, Wallace, Hoffman, Keimer, Damon, Harold Varner the third, rounding out the portfolio for Joe. Guys in the chat are also letting us know. You know, Joe says I think I ended up with thirteen guys. Wasn't outbid on anything. Uh, I like this one. I just lost it. I got five shares of Sam Burns, lost my five shares of Webb Simpson at the last second. And then I love this question. Uh, what do you think about, <laughs> so it's a typo. It says Higa, which could be Joe. I don't think Higgs is in this field. Harry Higgs is not in this field or Higgo. He oh, yes. Okay. So this could be Hig- Higgs or Higgo. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I just love that this, this typo could be either guy. <laughs> yeah. I don't really know what to think of Higgo. Where did he close at? I don't know. I'd have to go. I was really interested in the guy, uh, Sam Horsfield this week and his price just very early on cleared like $4. I'm not quite sure where he finished, but he's very popular. You know, he, he's just ball striking the hell out of the ball over there on the European tour. and has for a while. He's, he's gaining on average. When I looked over there at the European tour stats, 1.3 strokes on approach per event, to kind of put that into perspective, I think Colin Morikawa in 2021 is the best on the PGA Tour, and it's like a fraction above a stroke. So this guy's almost 30% better versus the field over there. Now the competition's a little bit different, but his first trip here really at a big-time event over the pond, I was kind of looking at him, and I think Higo is in a similar position where guys coming over who have just been in great, great form overseas. Higo at 259 is where he ended up closing. I think it is too. Let's look at the rest of this board here. I want to go back to the first page because, okay, so we talked about the the big names. Morikawa, our defending champion, didn't really move off of that $7.51 all night. Bryson, 751, same thing. Reed at 666. I mean, a lot of these look like good prices. Right. A lot of these look like good prices. And I kind of know that because when I look and like your plus minus on almost all of these guys that I have is already way up and usually I kind of get a good mix. So yeah, I don't know if maybe there were some more shares out there available this week or maybe just everything being so spread out in terms of the talent level in this field just kept everyone's price a little bit at bay, but uh, it should be a real fun week for a lot of us and we should have some good sweats hopefully. Paul Casey at 522, Bubba at four and a quarter. Just trying to see if there's anybody who really stands out here. Trying to see. Home of 405. That's not bad. Yeah, home of 405. Um, you know, you go down and and like Carlos Ortiz is pretty low. He's been playing pretty well. Um, Schwartzel has been playing really well at $3.55. So there, I mean, there's there's guys. Alex Noren has been playing really good golf as well, $3.30. Justin Rose, a guy who I think finished third here back in 2012, who led the Masters for three rounds, is $3.55. Like, there are 
guys all over the board seemingly where it was kind of uh, take your pick of the litter you want to go with this week. I love it. Well, it's only uh, it's only just begun because your shares are now live. Joe, go buy, go sell. You can really do whatever you want. Now, I think that, um, <laughs> listen, I think the conditions could change so quickly out there that live trading, you're probably going to want to be paying attention. Uh, if we start to see, I mean, there's, uh, I've heard things from, if you're under par, you're going to win this week to 12 under is going to win it uh, from two guys who are standing out at the same course at the same time and both out there, right? And both opinions that I respect. So I think there's a wide range of outcomes that could potentially happen this week, Joe. And once we start to see these scores roll in, I think they're going to be volatile. And I think having your finger on the app scrolling through is going to be critically important. Absolutely. I'm going to have this thing open for the next four days, trying to isolate some opportunities. I think you're right. I think there's a lot of different sentiment in terms of how this is going to play. But I think one thing to pay attention to that everyone is kind of unanimous on this week, and I heard your guy uh, Trevor Immelman talk a lot about it, 14 through 18 is a brute, especially if it's back into the win. The two par threes in there, um, the long, long par five, the closing 18th are very tough. So you may be able to use that in terms of finding a little spot in the jock market where a guy could get off to a good early start in his round, maybe make the turn at, you know, a couple under par, but you know that that tough stretch is coming up and the same sort of uh, game theory can be utilized in terms of the cut line where you have a lot of guys finishing there. Um, you know, one, two over par over those final five holes may not end up being a bad score. and could really kind of um, adjust that leaderboard sort of on the fly as things go on. Yeah. And the other thing to note is um, you're absolutely right. That prevailing wind, which I believe is Easter easterly on uh, what is supposed to be the first three days will put those closing holes into the teeth, I believe. And then it's supposed to flip on Sunday. So now you've got to look at these other holes because you remember this is this course, which, which I love is one of the few remaining courses that uh, go straight out in one direction and straight back in the other. Like it is, you're going to play six and seven hole stretches uh, directly into the wind and then directly downwind. It's going to be, it's like, I love everything about this course. I can't wait to see it on TV. Yeah. I'm very excited to see how it plays. Um, I think that it kind of opens up not the most difficult. The number one and number three are are relatively pedestrian par fours. Number two should be a, a give players plenty of opportunities on the par five there. So we could see some good scores out of the gate. But like we mentioned, down the stretch, this thing's going to beat you up. All right, let me give away twenty more dollars to the jock market. Uh, my winner is somewhere around here. Somewhere. Oh, we have, we have too, now we got too many people chatting here. Uh, here it is. J Dub Speed, J Dub Sped. Justin, congratulations. We'll get you set up for $20 in the jock market. Joe, before we get out of here, any closing thoughts? We've got a major championship. It's going to be bright and early, 7 a.m. Eastern time. We're going to be able to watch golf. That's when all of this stuff gets started. What do you want to leave the people with this week? Look, I'm just excited to see these guys play a tough test. I'm really just hoping, and it feels like it's been a while since we got Clash of the Titans, right? I want to see Rom versus DJ versus JT. I want to see a lot of these guys at the top, and I'm hoping that we get that. Should make for an exciting week of golf. Anytime you, you factor in weather comes into the equation, it kind of throws everything out the window, and it's like just go out there and play. 
I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, I expect a lot of good things out of the guys that I picked in my portfolio. You can, mm-hmm. you know, I wrote a little article. It's pinned on my Twitter page. I've got my Betty card up there. So I'm ready to sit my butt down on the couch and enjoy some ocean course. All right. I'll be making a dent in my couch as well. So that'll do it for us. But the jock market is just getting started. If you have any questions or concerns or comments, feel free to tweet us all week long with your uh, hey with your stuff because we're happy to talk about it. Uh, Joe, thank you very much, buddy. On your way out, hit the like button. We are going to be here same time, same place uh, next week. And I'm looking for the close button. Okay, we're leaving, Joe. Goodbye. Peace. <laughs>